Okay, I believe that that is an L. It is, in fact, an L. You believe six hours ago I couldn't even read a stop sign? All right, test me again. I want to go smaller. Smaller. Great work, Rob. Great work. See if you can read this. You're fired. And in case your ears are f***ed, get the f*** out! And the next person I see juggling, tap dancing, or baton twirling, or doing any other circus-like tricks will join him, all right? One strike policy applies. Now get back to work! Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And something we've been calling for for a long time, since before this time last season, the Giants have fired their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. Now, this is late. This, you know, this, I'm very, I am happy. Like, I am very happy. I feel a lot more optimistic about a lot of different people. Maybe not, not through the roof, but a lot better than I did heading into the weekend, Justin. This was 11 months too late. Maybe even, even more. But definitely 11 months. This should have happened in January. But this is good. We have seen 26 games. The only team over the last 26 games, the last you know two seasons, to not score 30 points. We saw a rookie QB go from 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, the 19th ranked offense, to the 31st ranked offense with 11 touchdowns. We saw a team that had weapons not be used. A Kenny Galladay, a, a contested catch, deep ball king, not be used that way. We're going to get into it and all the reasons why and what happens going forward, but I am very happy that we are recording this episode right now. Giants over the last 26 games have scored the least amount of touchdowns, offensive touchdowns in the National Football League. You know, that's less than everybody likes to clown on Washington for their quarterback situation. Everybody loves to clown on the Jets. Jaguars, less than all those teams. Bottom of the, the Detroit Lions, less than all of those bottom of the barrel teams. The Giants have scored the least amount of offensive touchdowns. And again, like Bobby said, a, a rookie quarterback in 2019 who scored 24 touchdowns in 12 games in 2019. They were 23rd in points per drive in 2021, 29th in points per drive in 2020, 31st in explosive pass play rate in 2021, 30th in 2020. Giants offense averaged 1.6 offensive touchdowns per game over the last 26. We are going to remember the Jason Garrett era, and Jason Garrett as an offensive play caller, as one of the worst two offensive seasons in team history and the Giants have had some bad offensive seasons but especially for it being 2021 and scoring around one and a half offensive touchdowns per game over two seasons we are going to remember this as one of the worst spans offensive spans in franchise history Justin I think the worst you know because in the moment and this is the way fandom goes you're, you're always, you know, picking at like, I can't, you know, it's you, you don't like what's in front of you unless it's going really good. So, you know, Kevin Gilbride, who they won two Super Bowls with their offensive coordinator, there was, you know, they fired him. People, you know, like he got a nickname called Kill Drive. I like Kevin Gilbride. So there's over, there's always going to be overreactions to the offensive coordinator, the head coach, the defensive coordinator while they're here. And then a couple years down the road, it's like, you know, he maybe wasn't that bad. You know, you even get that with like Ben McAdoo, Pat Shermer. I mean, people, Pat Shermer's play calling sucks. I actually thought he was a pretty decent play caller. Um, you know, Kevin Gilbride, all those guys. This guy, Jason Garrett, I'm telling you, is not it's not an overreaction. Like, 
I, I look back at my entire life of being a Giants fan, and this was the worst coordinator we have had. This is the worst coordinator we have had, and we're going to talk about Daniel Jones. And again, firing Jason Garrett doesn't fix everything. And firing him this part of the season definitely doesn't fix everything because there's not you can't make a ton of changes in season. You're not going to stall. You know the way they've kind of programmed Daniel Jones' mindset through camp. Like it's hard to just like un, like you know unleash. All right, we're going back to 2019 style. Like so, it's gonna it's not gonna you know it doesn't fix everything. But man, I look back and there's not a coordinator that I view as negatively as Jason Garrett. And I and I won't. You know, this is not going to be two years from now. I'm like, you know, Garrett kind of got a raw deal. No, he was the worst offensive coordinator in football. That comes from Giants fans. That comes from analysts. You know, the morning after the game. I mean, the be- you know, the best media football minds in the game were popping in the All-22 and ripping this guy to shreds. They don't like to do that, by the way. They don't. And it's just... I am happy he's gone. We're gonna, we'll get into all the details, but he, this was this is too late. But I'm glad that it happened. Yeah, I'm also glad just for our sanity. And I'm talking about Bobby Skinner and Justin Penick because it was every week. Every week, probably it's over a year. It, it, it wasn't just in January we were like, you know what? We looked at the entire work of the 2020 season and we said that we should fire Jason Garrett. No, it was constantly. It was just week after week after week. We're talking about this dude. We're talking about this dude. And that is why I say Jason Garrett ruined 2020 and 2021, while Dave Gettleman did certainly a a decent job in 2018 and 2019 ruining those years. But there was consensus amongst Giants fans that while the timeline of the Giants rebuilding process maybe is certainly flawed, right? 2018 certainly wasn't the mentality to rebuild and 2019, you draft a quarterback, but there's still a lot of moves. Like, you draft Baker in the first round. He's not on the team anymore. You know, what other contributors from 2019 do you have that have really taken a step up? So 2018 and 2019 certainly did a good job of of disrupting us. But there was a large consensus that in 2020 and 2021, the team was doing good things. And Joe Judge was one of them. And Joe Judge does more things rather than just coach the team on the field. But... Clearly, he had some sort of input in the draft process, in the free agency process. You know, clearly the the input was there, right? You know, so, but this is why we say, when you look at the offensive production, that Jason Garrett was the one to really ruin and disrupt the last two seasons for us. So, you, you said that you're, you're happy. Um, I would have been much more happy and celebratory, like you said, if this was happening in January. Right now, I, I'm not. I'm kind of... My brain right now is kind of just in a mode of there is still ball games left to be played this season, not for the purposes of winning and losing games, like, oh, the Giants are making the playoffs, but because right now the future of Joe Judge looks like he is here next year. If the season ended right now, Joe Judge is here next year. So there is still a lot of things that we need to figure out about Joe Judge, his philosophy, the way that he goes about scoring points, and the future of this team. There are still a lot of things that need to be figured out. So that's where my brain is. But I'm also just pissed and sad that this guy was allowed to disrupt this team for the last two years in Jason Garrett. Well, let's talk about, you know, Joe, because this was Joe Judge's decision. And that press conference last night was the first time where we left. Where it was the first time where we thought Jason Garrett was going to be fired, not based off of just hope because we wanted him fired. Where it's like, these are times where it would have made sense, like January. 
Like, there was no inkling that he was going to be fired in January. We're just like, it's the end of the season. That's when guys get fired. He should be fired, but they didn't. Um, Joe Judge, this is the second year in a row he fires a Jason Jason Garrett or one of his guys in, or in Colombo midseason. And we'll talk about it. But I will say, this could be this very well could be Joe Judge scapegoating. And this offense may be just as much Joe Judge's as Jason's Garrett. Now, there's things that give me some hope that it's not fully. But there's definitely, like, Joe Judge has shown to be a conservative-type coach with some of his other decisions where it's like, okay, maybe ha- how much input does he have in the offense? We'll talk about how Freddie Kitchen called a game versus Cleveland yeah. and how that might give us some positive uh, light. But it may be a scapegoat. But, Justin, if the next six games are different, and I'm not just talking about how they produce because even if Jason Garrett was here, the next six games were teams where they could have scored some offensive points. But if it's they're doing it differently, where they are attacking downfield, where they're pr- creating big plays and they're not you know, grinding out type games and winning, like that is what gives me hope. And that's what will get me back on Joe Judge. Like Joe Judge has bought like like you know, we're on Friday if you ask us like should we fire Joe Judge? I it was like, yeah, I think we do because of the offensive system, the main thing. Now I'm at TBD. Like let let me see the next 6 games and that will kind of, this next 6 games will form my opinion on what I think of Joe Judge going forward. Yeah. It's all about tendencies. Tendencies at this point, you know, looking at how does Joe Judge prioritize scoring points and how does he get his staff to prioritize scoring points. Because if it is more of the same over the last six games, then I'm like, you know what? The Giants should fire Joe Judge, but depending on the results of those games, whether they are tight losses, blowout losses like this one, you know, that that matters in the eyes of ownership, right? So right now I am still in the space of, you know what? Joe Judge does not deserve another year. But like you said, the next six games are vital to see the tendencies in how he coaches a team and how this team produces with a certain mentality that may or may not change. And here's what gives me hope in that. And let me pull up the the Browns game last year where Jason Garrett was not the play caller. But at the same time, like, I also want to remember in that, it's like, it wasn't like Freddie Kitchen installed that offense. You know, like, it was still like the same playbook. They didn't, you know, create a whole new playbook and, and brought stuff out. Yeah, and that's why tendencies is the key word there. It's not going to be a yeah. whole new playbook. It's just about... What are we going to prioritize within the within this system? Exactly. So this is Colt McCoy versus the Browns last year on that Sunday night football game. This was <clears throat> and I, I every game I chart plays that have two routes that go fit that are designed to go fifteen plus yards and plays that have one or less of fifteen plus yards. It's, it's not the most perfect way to do it, but it can essentially it's like deep concepts versus short concepts. And it doesn't mean you're throwing it deep. You know, you could have you know you could have four verts. But you throw it to the check down, that's a deep concept. But sometimes, like, those deep stuff open up the field. And I won't get into it. Colt McCoy with plays, the deep concepts. 11 for 15, 128 yards, 8.5 yards per attempt, one sack. The plays with the short concepts. 8 for 16, 92 yards, 5.75 yards per attempt. Now, you see 8 for 16, like, that's not great. First, it was the most attempt of deep concepts in the entire year of 2020. It was the most. The second was in and was uh, in week two versus the Bears, where they were you know coming trying to you know come back in the, that game. But I also want to show how the deep attacking downfield also makes the short stuff work better because you have to be respected. Because right now they're not respected deep. You know, like teams have they play they play their corners essentially six yards off Kenny Galladay, where it's, and and 
everything else they play up tight towards the line of scrimmage and they you know they do the double a games it was the fourth most yards per attempt in the entire year on short concepts so it you got that 8.5 yards per attempt on the big ones and you had a good yards per attempt on the short concepts even though your completion percentage wasn't amazing and that is what gives me hope is that Freddie Kitchens coming in, not firing Jason Garrett, not a demotion, just like, hey, he's out with the week for COVID. And you saw with Colt McCoy at quarterback on a short notice, like a, a four-day notice that Freddie Kitchens is going to call plays, and you saw the most aggressive game plan of the entire season. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of the more advanced stats, too, during that game with Colt McCoy quarterback, Freddie Kitchens' as play caller against Browns last year. Average intended air yards was 10. Average intended air yards per attempt was 10 yards, and that was the second highest as of week 15 last year. Colt McCoy's average yards to the sticks per attempt was positive 1.3, on average about throwing 1.5 yards past the sticks per passing attempt. 15 out of his 31 passing attempts went more than 10 yards down the field, uh, which, Bobby, how many times have we shared a, a next-gen spray chart this year where we're seeing everything just hyper-centered from the zero to nine yard range. And you know how many times, I'm not even talking about 20 plus yard targets, but simply just throwing near or around the sticks. I mean, that that's that's what I'm asking for. And I know the Giants offensive line is, is, is piss poor. And really, that's why on yesterday's show, when talking about Garrett and firing Garrett and the timing of it, that's why to me, it just didn't fully make sense because of how bad the line has been. And the offensive line has been really, really bad. And this is even with Andrew Thomas back at left tackle having a decent game against Tampa on Monday. The timing of offensive line is super, super bad. And Daniel Jones having the worst game of his season, that's still what made the timing of it to me still con- you know, just relatively confusing. But there just needs to be more balance in this offense. And hopefully, Freddie Kitchens can bring it. Yeah, and um, I don't want Freddie Kitchens as the OC in 2022, by the way, you know. But it's you know what I do want is what Jason Garrett didn't didn't do. Where Jason Garrett ran isolation routes, routes that came back that didn't breed yak. These max like you know cutting the field in half on on big downs. Where Freddie Kitchens is at least going to do some basic stuff, putting guys in conflict, moving guys downfield, which means they're gonna there's gonna be more blown coverages and more wide open easy throws. Which is like we never have had that. You know you watch other teams play offense and you're like wow they just didn't cover that well. Well. When you don't test them down the field vertically, you don't give the opportunity, the defenses an opportunity to screw up those type of plays. So those are the things we're looking for. But on a more than a, just like an X's and O's level, there clearly were differences between Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, and we had inferred on it, but we didn't want to say for sure. But now we know for sure, okay? Because Garrett took shots at, uh, you know, the team building, which were were true. You know, talking about the offensive line in his presser last week, and Joe Judge comes back and he comes back with fury, like he doesn't. You know, I I think if this was Fre- if this was Freddie Kitchens, his friend, and it's the exact same results, like he did the exact same things as Jason Garrett, I don't think Joe Judge fires him. You know, so there very there clearly was some differences of opinion. I'm not going to speculate on how the hiring process worked. I'm not going to go out and say, oh, it was John Mayer. I'm not okay until John Mayer says he did that. I'm I'm just going to assume that it was yep. Joe Judge who made that hire. But there clearly was differences. And it took too long for those differences to splinter this relationship. Yeah. You know, where we saw him and Patrick Graham work together, go to the senior bowl together, clearly talk glowing about each other. You really never heard Jason Garrett or Joe Judge say anything nice about each other. No. Like very, and if it was, it was it was nothing where it was like, wow, look at look at what he's saying about him. They've barely was, had a conversation. They've barely had a conversation. I attended two days of 
joint practices at New England, which isn't the biggest sample size, but you, you've you've never seen them have a conversation. I've never seen them have a conversation together. Not even game day. Nothing. Never. There, there's more writing on the wall, and there's more evidence to say that Jason Garrett is not not Joe Judge's first choice and preference, but just not a Joe Judge guy than not. Point blank. Yeah. And that's yeah, not and that's, that's not, not a credit. That's not an excuse to Joe Judge, by the way. Because at no. this point, it's not. 2020, it may have been. 2020, it's like, hey, you're a first-year head coach. You're a really, really young head coach. You kind of you kind of came in here and swooped the Giants off their feet a little bit. 2020 in a COVID year, maybe it is a little bit of an excuse. This year, and especially the offense being the same, if not a little bit worse, considering the personnel that they have, it is not an excuse. So this is not us excusing Joe Judge. No, Joe Judge is not off the hook. But I do. This does give him some slack, I think. Um, you know, and again, like Joe Judge's biggest uh, Joe Judge's biggest mistake as a New York Giants head coach was not firing him on on yep. January fourth. Yep, that was his biggest mistake. You know, any any you know objective eye saw this offensive coordinator it doesn't it doesn't work. You can add good players and maybe it'll be better, but it's, it doesn't work. Yep. Um, you know, you don't go from a rookie QB with the exact same players and probably a worse offensive line in twenty nineteen. And you go from the 19th ranked offense to the 31st. You don't go from a QB who was on pace for the rookie touchdown record to 11 touchdowns in 14 games to nine touchdowns in 10 games. Like, I don't care what, and we'll talk about Daniel Jones. And I'm not even going to sit here and tell you like, hey, you should like believe in Daniel Jones. If you don't believe in Daniel Jones, I'm fine with you. But what I will say is that this was the absolute worst situation. And he was the main culprit. More than the bad offensive line, more than you know the wide receivers in 2020, um, more than dropped Evan Ingram passes. Jason Garrett was the main culprit. Um, but you know what the main culprit of uh, dra- uh, you know betting is? It's Thanksgiving. We got thankful for so we could be thankful for family, food, free bets. Jason Garrett and John Garrett had the, both got fired on back to back days. That's... What a loser. I don't feel bad, by the way. Like that's at nice, all. by the way. They're, they're going to reunite for Thanksgiving. I, I am happy for them. <sighs> yeah, go home. Go talk to Colin Coward, uh, Jason Garrett, and get your propaganda out there. Talk to Mike Silver. It's coming. Be ready for it. And I'm going to fire back hard this Thanksgiving. Be thankful that Jason Garrett's no longer your offensive coordinator. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting par- betting partner of the NFL, has a Turkey Day no-brainer you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit and you could play free for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash when you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. By the way, I'm all in on the Lions. They're going to beat the Bears. That's promo code JOHNBOY this Thanksgiving (laughs) at DraftKings Sportsbook. Official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling pod and call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, do you want to talk about Daniel Jones now? Sure. Yes, let's do it. If you don't think Daniel Jones is the guy, and he hasn't proven to be the guy. So even like a guy like me who still like I I do like Daniel Jones. That Bucks game was bad, but I do generally like Daniel Jones and I'm actually going we we could talk more like even like just just about that Bucks game with him. Like th- this 
Like I'm not telling you to change your mind, but I will say the big his biggest issue was having uh, Jason Garrett as his offensive coordinator. Um, and but you know you said that like the Monday night game versus the Bucks was like the lowest point for him. Well, I'm gonna it, push. No, no, it was so here. I don't want to say it was the it was the worst game for Daniel Jones or it was the worst he's ever been. It's just the lowest that I've been on Daniel Jones in his career. If you're saying that because of the timeline, I'll agree with you. But here's where I'm going to push back. Because that Monday Night Football game versus the Bucks last year, he was bad up until that point. Like that first half of the season, you had some good, like the Eagles game. But he was bad the first half of last season. This season, the first four games when he had Thomas in the weapon, and, you know, at least some of the weapons there, he was playing really good. And then Thomas and goes down, and the weapons go down. And he plays all right, minus the Rams game. And then the Bucks game is a bad game. So, like, to this point, like, it's, like, an eh, average, like, you know, to, you know, kite thing. But we're going to, he's going to be back in year four, you know, and I hate doing the, like, this is a prove it year, like, type stuff. But, like, year four, no matter what your, you know, system is because of your contract, it's like you kind of, you have to make a decision on him and I think most I think most people are okay with bringing him back with year four even if you're not the biggest believer in DJ you're okay with bringing him back year four whether that has to do with the QB class or not um but what he does is going to dictate how we feel about Daniel Jones going forward like and not necessarily these six games but like if he comes out in year four and balls like what we said after the Bucks game and what everyone's takes they'll change you know and we see that this is a week-to-week league what yeah. you've done for me lately you know we're after the Saints game you know we had and I'm not talking just uh, people being like, this guy's the franchise guy. And then we had those same people after the Bucks game being like, why did you guys uh, fall for Daniel Jones? Lie to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Stop kidding yourself about Daniel Jones. I'm like, well, weren't you saying the same things about him, uh, you know, a, a, a very few, a short few weeks ago? Um, so again, whatever your opinion on his on him is at this point, don't change it. Don't change it. But... Let what's going happens going forward change it. Like I'm not changing my opinion uh, going forward. Now look it. Look, I I talk about the 19th ranked offense in 2019. I talk about the touchdowns. I talk about his touchdown percentage dropping from 5.2 percent to 2.5 and 2.7 percent. I talk about a guy who threw contested catches to contested catches on the sideline to Darius Slate in the 2019, and where they don't ever use it to Kenny Galladay. Were they signed for that? Like it's so frustrating when you say it out loud. Okay, because it's if 2019 never happened, like we wouldn't have anything to point to and be like, look, he's not afraid to do that. He's willing to do that type of stuff. He's willing. He's not afraid to throw in the tight windows on the sideline. He did to Darius Slayton for eight touchdowns for a rookie fifth round pick who didn't play in the first two games of the year, came in and did that, who people are very low on right now, and I don't blame them. But you sign Kenny Galladay, and they just don't make that part of the offense. They have not thrown him a contested deep pass since week two versus Washington. Since week two versus Washington. That is the way this offense was built. That's the way they've instilled the reads into Daniel Jones. And I know he missed them wide open over the middle on Monday night. I know that. I know that. But what he didn't do is decide that we're not throwing contested balls on the sideline. That's not on Daniel Jones, and that is 100% on Jason Garrett. I don't know what happens. Maybe we bring in the second worst offensive coordinator in 2022. I don't know, but what we have seen hasn't been fully him. And I, and honestly, it's way bigger than the bad O line. I could deal with the bad O line. We had a bad O line in 2019. I can deal with bad wide receivers more than I can deal with the bad O line, even though they have a good wide receiver core right now. 
good offensive coordinators scheme around this stuff. Okay? And Jason Garrett will, was never going to be advantaged. He never was for us. And I, I just, I'm. that's why I'm so glad that he's gone. That's why I have this fire for him more than I do a guy like Dave Gettleman, yep. who should absolutely be fired, who should be fired today as well. But that's why I have the most fire. It's because a guy I, I'd like in Daniel Jones, who I kind of, you know, during the dra- after the draft, it's like, hey, stop listening. Like, look, watch what happened at Duke. Don't just listen to, you know, ESPN talking heads and, you know, Booger McFarlane and Marcus Spears. Like, w- go and watch what happened. And it's, it's, they took a guy who was aggressive and they made it the most conservative offense and not even just conservative, like a bad version of conservative where you have isolation curl routes. And when they just, you know, they just, they just never test anything. They never test a defense. And whenever they did, it brought results, you know, like Daniel Jones, his completion percentage on deep con- uh, on deep passes has been insanely well. The fact, but the issue is they don't ever do it. And it wasn't like those were like, well, they don't ever do it, but they only do it when it's wide open. Almost all of those were like contested catch situations as well. You know, like think of the wide open, deep Daniel Jones uh, pass in the past two years. Austin Mack versus Washington. Can you, can you think of another one? Can you? Saquon Barkley versus Saints. The Saints. Yeah. You can't. And other teams get that all the time. Because Darius, ever... Slayton, Darius Slayton had a drop against Washington Thursday night. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett never put defenders deep in conflict. Okay, it's, it was the most simplistic garbage offense. And so I'm fired up right now. It's just, I'm, that's why I'm so happy. It's because I know this is too late. I know this is too late. But this is to me is like getting the cancer out too late. Okay. Yep. Yes, would it have been a lot better if you found out sooner and got it out? But God bless you, I'm going to freaking celebrate when it's gone. And it's gone. You made a great point to kind of start that. If Daniel Jones, like let's say Daniel Jones was a rookie in 2020. I'd I'd want to move on to a different quarterback. Same. Absolutely. I would too. You know, and that's why we've harped on the last two years saying Garrett, Garrett, Garrett pretty much every week. And I... I really feel like we've been fair in the situations where we think that Daniel Jones has had a bad game. Tampa last year, the yeah, Rams we, this year, Tampa yet on, on Monday night. So I really felt like we've been fair with calling out, calling the kettle black when Jones has had a bad game, that he's had a bad game. But this is why we say that Garrett is the main problem, because then you do look back at 2019 when the offense was less productive. And yes, he had interceptions. Yes, he had fumbles. But what, what rookie quarterback does not have some sort of issues that need to be fixed from year one to year two? So. And we saw his biggest issue from his rookie year, pocket manipulation, get way better once Andrew Thomas was left tackle. Yes. And, um, damn it, I had a freaking great point. Oh, yeah, that's what – because we have been fair. You know, like the, the Tampa Bay game last year. Did we criticize Jason Garrett? When Jason Garrett calls a good game, we have given him credit. You know, where if we were WFAN hosts – we would just find our talking points and be like, oh, and then Joe Judge to the media. Blah, blah, blah. We turn into Gary Myers, WFAN, Giant Insider, where it's like we just, we, 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 we put our, we put, we, we lick our tongues, hold our finger in there, and like, let's test the wind. Let's be New York radio hosts. But no, we've given credit where it's due when Daniel Jones has a bad game, like he did in versus Tampa, like he did versus the Rams. We call it out. Like the two interceptions versus the Rams, like those weren't Jason Garrett's fault. You can get, you know, you'd be like, I don't really love that play call, but those weren't Jason Garrett's fault. So we have been fair, um, and I don't know. I'm just fired up now. Well, no, I, well, didn't, well, I didn't expect why, to get this fired up, but I did. I just did. Well, that's why these next six games are key. They're 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 vital. Like, I, and that's why, even though the playoffs aren't on the line, right? You know, we're not talking about 
winning games for the sake of let's turn this franchise around, but it's key from the Daniel Jones player evaluation standpoint and the Joe Judge evaluation standpoint. This is so, so important because finally, at least we, we as in Bobby and Justin, and then I think a lot of people that follow us, we have gotten what we wanted and saying that Jason Garrett is the main problem of 2020 and 2021, not talking about the previous two years, right? But 2020, 2021, it is Jason Garrett, main culprit. Well, now he is gone. So now this is the the huge of, let's see what happens. And I don't think any of us are sitting here saying the Giants are going to go on a six-game winning streak just because Jason Garrett is gone. But again, I'm going back to my first point, the tendencies. I am looking for the tendencies of, hey, is the offense going to prioritize scoring points a little bit more? Are they going to prioritize being more explosive? Which Freddie Kitchens as the main play caller in 2019 with the Cleveland Browns, that Cleveland Browns offense was not very good. Baker Mayfield had his worst year as a pro in 2019. They were a top 10 explosive pass offense. They were a top 10 explosive run offense in 2019 with Baker Mayfield. And they were a top 10 offense overall in explosive play rate. So these are the things that at least I'm talking about that I want to see. Are we going to start to see some of it? I'm not talking about being number one in the league. I'm not talking about being top 10 in the league. Are we going to start seeing these tendencies that we need to see to buy into Daniel Jones and also to buy into Joe Judge? That is what these six games mean. Again, don't change your opinion on Daniel Jones right now if you're listening. No. Like if you're in the, like, like that's not what this is about. This is just talking about how this was the biggest issue. It was the biggest issue. Now, if you think Daniel Jones is the second biggest issue, not gonna, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, okay? But he was the biggest... Jason Garrett flat out was the biggest issue, and I don't think it was close. I don't think it was close. So, you know, and again, these next six games, it's this too late. You know, like, there will be differences, but I don't... Ex- you know, I'm not expecting Sean McVay to be, you know, like, it's just like, wow, look at this innovative offense, you know? But I do expect some simple stuff where we're putting guys deep in conflict, running more downfield concepts, um, you know, not run, throw, you know, having third down, fourth downs with Colin Johnson, Chris Miriak, Matt Parrott, Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley as eligible receivers. Yeah. That's, you know, that type of stuff. So, again, don't change your opinion on any player on this team. But at the same time, I think that some of your opinions will change going forward. And maybe, and again, you may not think Daniel Jones is ever going to be it. You may never think Darius Slayton's going to be all right. You may think Kenny Galladay was a, a bad contract. You may think Saquon Bar- uh, Well, that yeah. was a bad pick. But you, yeah. but like we may see a better version of Saquon too. You know, even though even though doesn't uh, wipe away anything bad in the past. Um, so hell, Kyle Rudolph, we might even get some different opinions on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Evan Ingram, you know, Evan Ingram, like again. Let these next six to 25, like, you know, it's, it's, and that's what will happen, Justin. You know, if, if they play, if the offense looks good, people will change their opinion. If it stays bad, if it looks bad, people will, people will keep their opinion and people like me will, I will change my opinion, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And again, like, this isn't like a, oh, I'm Daniel Jones, my quarterback. I just want to be like, if you told me like if season ends and it's like, Hey, uh, you bring back Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones, or you bring a new offensive coordinator and draft Malik Willis or whatever, even my third, fourth favorite quarterback in this draft, I'm taking the new offensive coordinator in that QB. Because look at what a guy like Jalen Hurts does when Nick Sirianni schemes up stuff. It's like, yeah, are they a great team, the Eagles? No. 
but they're a team that isn't more talented than other teams. But when they play bad defenses, they're able to put points up. Yeah, I've never been a very big fan of the take of wait and see because it would be a very, very boring talking giant show if we just sat here and like a lot of people on Twitter said, oh, you just got to wait and see. Why are you even talking about this? Why Why are you even like analyzing this? Why are you complaining about this? Why You got to wait and see. I'm never a big fan of that take, but there's never been more of a time that I am a huge wait and see guy because really it's Jones and Judge, you know. My take on Joe Judge week 18, depending on how the tendencies of this offense looks from now to the end of the season, I could go from saying whispers, whispers like I am right now. I think Joe Judge is going to stay to week 18. I may be like, well, I don't care whether they want Joe Judge to stay or not. Joe Judge has to go. So that may change. And then, you know, the same thing with the opinion of Daniel Jones, that that may change, too. So it kind of my final point, even though I don't think we're going to wrap up right now. Are my, I know we have, I have, an, I have an ad to read. My, my big kind of final point is wait and see, even though I punch myself in the face because I hate that point. But it comes with a lot of context of a wait and see of why I have that opinion. 36 ranked, 32nd ranked office over the last two years. All right, read the ad. Read the ad. So, gentlemen and ladies. Need to they, shave some Jason Garrett out of your life? Yeah, need to shave... An old ginger out of your life that's been around a little too long. No need to take a shot at snacks. We'll use Manscaped. Let's get Manscaped involved. Let's get Manscaped in your life to help you get Jason Garrett and snacks, these ginger, soulless people out of our lives. The Leading's Men Hygiene brand, they've launched some new products. Talk to you about the Ultra Premium Body Wash and 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. Time to give yourself the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. I guarantee your hygiene routine routine will never be the same. I want you to go to manscaped.com slash giants for 20% off plus free shipping. Make sure you're feeling and smelling prepared for a little action this holiday season. So what I want to talk about, of course, I want to talk about the lawnmower 4.0. Didn't talk about it on Monday. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer reduces cuts on your holiday nuts it's also waterproof so you can use them in the shower bobby skinner just discovered that it will not electrocute you in the shower i'm very glad that he got over that fear untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past and it's possible you have santa's beard in your pants that's not fun don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls do people do that i've always I hope even not. even before manscaped manscaped has saved my life I had two separate razors for the two separate occasions. Well, there'd be times where, like, if I was shaving the shower, I'd shave my face, and they're like, all right, let me finish here and then throw that razor away. Y- yeah, I mean, oh, boy. I guess people do that. So get 20% off from free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash giants. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash giants. Clean up your candy cane this year with Manscaped. All right, let's... um. I'm I'm interested to see the the Jason Garrett indirect media tour over the next week, because you know it's coming. Like guys don't like to get embarrassed, you know. And Jason Garrett's someone who's well connected around this league. You know, you're gonna see on Colin Colin Coward. You know, is gonna you know talk about it. Uh, you know, Mike Silver's like it's. Jason Garrett's made a lot of friends in this league. He's a lot of people like him in this league. 
I'm, I'm very interested to see the next few days because it's going to come out. It's going to come out. He's a very petty person. Yeah, he, I think he's, he's... Tremendously. You know what? He reminds me of when I was in Minnesota, when they say Minnesota nice. I'm like, are they nice or do they just act nice and then they talk trash behind your back yep. and, and, and are snakes? I really do. You know, even that, that comment about the line was so weird. And we didn't talk about it a ton because it's like, yeah, it's And he true. was right. He's but it's like, right. you know what? Your O-line didn't do that to you. But that's like, not how, the point. Yeah, it's like, why, why, why don't they... You know what, asshole? Now that now that it's like hitting me that, that you say that, it's like, you know what? No one threw you under the bus, dude. Yeah, really. You know? You're throwing these guys under the bus? Whatever. Whatever, man. You know? And that's why when... And that's why a guy like Joe Judge, who doesn't throw anybody under the bus, even Mark Colombo, like he never took any like public shots at Mark Colombo. But that's why when Joe Judge basically said, like, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to fire Jason Garrett. That's why we were like, oh, my God, it might actually happen. Yeah. You know, and anytime somebody makes comments like, well, I don't know what you're watching on the TV or. You know, you're not as smart as me, which he made that comment this past summer with the whole pre-snap motion thing, which, by the way, I think the Giants are ranked 28th in pre-snap motion usage, and Jason Garrett was like, oh, yeah, this this is a thing that we do often in our offense. Um, <laughs> Seth Walder came out with those rankings today. So there you go, Jason Garrett. You you, you do it very often. You do it, uh, you know, to the, 20, the, the 28th highest in the National Football League. Good for you. There's 32 teams. When he had that comment over the summer of, you know, this is something that we do often. I don't, I don't know what you're watching on the TV. I don't, know what, I, don't, I don't know what you see, but this is what I see. I hate when people make that comment. It's like, I have eyes. I, I can evaluate for myself if I don't like something. But because you went to Princeton, and I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to turn into that. But um, <laughs> He's an asshole. I can't believe they did it while driving. Like, come on, Joe. Like, you know that, like, this is my moment. I can't believe they did it. Because again, it just doesn't. Now this is my little. But the rant. same, like, it just like I said, Joe Judge sense. doesn't do the stuff that he did in that presser last night. You know, and again, like that's where you can like criticize. Like you guys did this after the bye week. You know, like this was a tipping point. You, you know, know what's funny? I don't think Joe Judge knew anything about the offensive line comments because they. I. I it might have been Dan Duggan. It's, uh, well, uh, he said he didn't, but I don't necessarily. I don't. No, believe I he saw did. his voice. I, I saw his face. It, he he looked a little confused. Like I saw his facial expression change after somebody asked him a question. Did you hear Jason's comments about the offense line? And his facial expression changed. Like you know, I really don't. It wasn't one of those stern answers where it's like I'm not going to comment on that or I don't know anything about that. He was like, No, I don't exactly know what you're talking about. I so, don't believe. I think he knew because they. The PR people put everything in front of him, and he said that the PR people usually do put things in front of me. That he was I need lying. To know. He was lying. He I was don't lying. think so. I saw. I, I was watching it, and I I'm, saw the. I watched the facial it too. Expression. I'm about ninety, but that also could be like a I'm lying face. Like, did you see his facial, uh, uh, you know, expression when, you know, they asked him like, "Oh, is the you know the Troy Aikman comments bulletin board material?" And he's like, uh, "We don't. I, I no." He's like, "We." You know, we don't even have bulletin boards. Like, when we knew for a fact from players, like, yeah, no, they're talking about it in the locker room. Well, that may be a difference between, I think, players like that stuff versus coaches will let the players just be about that. No, but Joe um, Judge was doing it, too. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So. Um. 
All right. So I guess we can head out. So schedule change. We're not going to do a mail. We're not like we're not going to put out a, pot, a mailbag podcast on Thanksgiving. Um, no. But we will have a preview pod out on Friday. So no pods and until then, maybe we'll do like a YouTube live stream. I think I'm going to do the O line report, but it might come out a little later than usual, um, just because of the Monday night football catching up and stuff. And I got to travel on Friday. And stats report. Stats report will be full Freddie Kitchens. Nice. Full nice. Freddie Kitchens. That's, that's um, must watch right there. I'm just going to go all in on. The second half of 2018, all of 2019, and then talking about that Cleveland game. So that's 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 what we're going to do on the stats report. All right, so quick, who do you want your offensive coordinator in 2022? Oh, I'm gosh. going Ken Dorsey. I'm staying on Ken Dorsey. I like Pep Hamilton, uh, who was the Chargers QB coach last year with the Texans now. Um, and then third, I'll say... Someone in our stream said Dan Mullen from Florida, and I I don't know if that would be the worst idea. Yes, I don't know anything about them though. That really yes. so it's yes. I could see him bringing someone from college, but again, that's not going to happen until the season's over. So, um, comment comment who you want to be, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave us a rating review. Maybe we should have asked that at the beginning. Actually, no, we shouldn't have. This is big news. No time for a promotion. Um. So, we will we'll be back when we be we'll be we'll be back when we're back is is what I'll say. Um, enjoy Thanksgiving, celebrate Jason Garrett being gone, and anything else, Justin. Take us out of here. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>